Welcome to Live Doc, your online Doc Yomi Shear. Shalom Aleichem, welcome back to today's Daf Yemi, which is Chagiga Daf Yud. We begin at the Mishnah, which is seven lines from the top. Heter Nadorim Perchen Ba'avir. We know there's a concept called Hatar Nadorim. We all uh, do it on Arab Rosh Hashanah. Although one commits himself, expresses a vow, a commitment, a nether, or a shvua, different types of vows and commitments, he can go ahead and undo those. Using the method of Ataras and Dorim, going to a Chacham or to a Bezden, expressing remorse, harata, regret, and that undoes the nether. The concept of Ataras and Dorim is not really clearly articulated in the Psukim and the Torah. They are Perchen Ba'avr, like a, a bird flying in the sky, not really anchored, and uh, not really so clearly sourced in Torah Shabbat rather, it's basically been handed over through the Torah Shabbat Peh, through the Chachamim. Rashi actually uses the Lashon Ma'at Remez Yesh B'mikra. It's just a slight hint in the Pesukim, but primarily the Alachas were handed down and taught through Torah Shabbat Peh. Ve'in lahem al-mashi yismeichu. They don't really have many, any much Pesukim, much actually written in the Torah Shabbat which forms a basis and support for this concept. It's primarily, for the most part, Torah Shabbat. Let's move on to Hilchis Shabbos. The Alachis of Chagigas, the subject of our Masechet. Lamiilis, diverting Hegdish funds for personal use. All these concepts and the Alachis contained therein are Harayhem Kehararim. There are so many, a multitude of Alachis. Hatluin Besar. It's like many mountains hanging on just one hair. Marsha says. One extreme to the other. Many mountains, huge mountains, hanging barely on one hair. So all these topics, Shabbos, Chagigas, have many halachis, but just a few psukim. They are uh, expressed very uh, briefly in the psukim. Shehin mikromot, they are based on very few psukim, v'halachis merubis, and contain many halachis. So they are just slightly sourced in the Pesukim, but as far as the details, of course, they were expounded upon by the Chachamim by means of Torah As opposed to Hadinin, all different types of halachis concerning monetary manners, va'avoides, the halachis of Karbonis, ha'taharis, va'atmeis, va'arayis, all these things, Dinim, Karbonis, the halachis of Taharis and Tumais, and Arayis, Yeshlan Amashi Yismoichu, there's a lot there to support them. There's a lot of parishes and psukim discussing these halachis. Indeed, these are the primary topics found in the Torah. Let's go over to Rashi, around six, seven lines below where we're holding. How do we know that? We have a slight hint in the Pesukim, but for the most part, it's Torah Shabal Peh. Ma'at remez yesh b'mikro. Ve'na ma'lismech el ha'shakein mosr l'chachamim b'Torah Shabal Peh. It's been handed down by tradition. Halachis Shabbos, halachis Chagiga, halachis Me'ilois. Yesh b'en halachis, sh'en t'luis b'remez. Mikromot. Over there we have a little bit more in the Pesukim. But compared to the amount of halachis, it's like, Keharor and hatluim b'sa'aris rosh. That's the second category. Then we proceed to the Avoides, which are Hilchis Avoides Karm, Varayas Erva, 
they are very clearly expressed in the Psukiya Torah, and indeed, Hain Hain Gufei Torah, the Gemara will ask on this. The Gemara Parach, only these are Gufei Torah, the last category? What about the other ones? Atuhanach, the previous discuss, the previous topics discussed in the Mishnah are not Lav Gufei Torah, and the Gemara will address the last, last phrase in the Mishnah. So the Mishnah spoke about Heter Nadorim being Parachan Ba'avar, with not much to base it on. Tanya, Rablazo Oimer, he disagrees. Yeshlehem Amashi Smecho. Actually, we have what to base it on. Take a look at the Pasuk. Shanamar, Kiyafli, Kiyafli. Shtepamim. So the Pasuk speaks about two types of commitments. Erechen, when one commits to give his own value to the Beis HaMikdash. We have the Lashen Kiyafli at that point. If a person will express, will articulate his willingness to commit. Kiyafli once again by Nazar. Why does the Pasuk have to use that Lashen twice? So the Dvash is like this. Achas hafla ol the Pasuk here is telling us that there are two, two types of expressions. Initially, you commit, you obligate. But then if you change your mind, you regret, you have some sort of Pesach, Rashi says, some sort of opening to absolve yourself of your commitment. You can do that. Go back to the Chacham and articulate that. Haflo'o Express yourself, verbalize yourself, laheter, and that verbalization sort of undoes the previous verbalization. So we see how Torah and Dharma the Torah. Rabbi Shoimer, here too he says, Yeish I also have a, a mucker in the Torah. Hashem says, I promised in my moment of wrath and anger that the Dur Hamidbar will uh, suffer punishment, won't come to Israel, and uh, they'll miss out on Ayyam Habba. Why does the Torah have to say Nishbati Ba'api? It's a pasuk in Tehillim. Ba'api Nishbati. You meant to know that I I swore in a moment of af of anger. Bechazaratibi, and that's why I was able to be chayzer and revert and go back on it because of Atoras Torah. I attribute it to anger, um, and now I can come back and say, look, I didn't really mean it. Let me go back on it. So we see that charata regret works. This is Kasha. He says, well, where do we find that Hashem changed his mind? They, they were still stuck in the midway. They couldn't come there as a straw. So he says, perhaps it's going on the concept of Olam Habba. Initially, Hashem deprived them of Olam Habba. Hashem was Chayzer boy and restored it. Rabbi Yitzhak, Oymer Yeshlam Amashi Smeichu, I'll show you where Hattaris and Durham is hinted in the Torah. Shinema, kol nudivli boy, by the year. Nadavas Hamishkan, all kind-hearted people. Donate it. As long as you're still kind-hearted. As long as you still feel that desire to give. But if that desire wanes and disappears, you can go back on your commitment. I'll give you a source. So I swear, I commit myself to be Mekayim Hashem's Mitzvahs. Nishbati, I swear, Vakayema, and at times I fulfill that commitment, but at times not. If I was Khaizer, if I did a Tarasnatara. If I was present during that discussion where they were looking for a, a source in the Torah for Tarasnatara, I would have presented my source. Amri Luhu. I would have told him, Didi, my own source, Adifa Miditchu has advantage over yours. Shanamar Loyachal Devari, Pasak says, one who expresses a, a, a commitment, a nether, a shvur, may not negate his words. He can't negate. Who ain't a meichel? 
or Mechel. Aval Achirim, Mechel, but others can. A Chacham comes along, can undo what he did. Hataras Nadarim works. Amarava. You should know that Kulu Islu Pircha, all those other presentations, all those other possible sources can be challenged in one way or the other. One way or the other. Levar made the except for Shmuel source, which is absolute. To the less like Pircha, you can't challenge it. Why? Let's go down one by one. Even the Rebelezer, is mucker from Kiyafli, Kiyafli, perhaps it's coming to tell you another halacha, unrelated to Ataras Nadar. Dilmok, the Rav who said, Sha'ama Mishum Rabitarfan, the Sanya. Rav Yudah, Aymer Mishum Rabitarfan. We learn a new halacha from this passage. When you commit to becoming a Nazar, it has to be clearly articulated in an absolute fashion. None of them become a Nazar. Naziris can only be accepted through perfect, clear articulation. What is this speaking about? Which halacha are we referring to? Let's go down to Rashi at the first wide line. Dilma. Dilma We're speaking where there were two people sitting around the table. And they encounter another fellow coming towards them. And they sort of made a bet. Vamer Echatz. Reuben tells Shimon, "Harini Nazir, I'm going to become a Nazir if Shazehabot slain a Nazir. This fellow coming towards us is a Nazir." Vachaveira Eimer and Shimon says, "What are you talking about? He's not a Nazir. I'm going to be a Nazir if he is not a Nazir, just to prove his point." Harini Nazir, Shaini Nazir. It turns out that one of them was right, of course. Either he is or he isn't. Ein Echad mehem Nazir. Not Reuben nor Shimon will become a Nazir. Because when he expressed that commitment, it wasn't an absolute commitment, it was sort of a bet, an unknown. It can't be an uncertain, pending commitment. Nazirus needs a proper expression, an absolute commitment. So that's what the Pasuk is coming for. Nothing to do with Hartaris Nitar. So that's off. Continues the Gemara. Let's go down the list. Rabbi Shua came from Asher Nishbati Ba'api. Well, Dilma Hukikama, perhaps the Torah meant like this. Ba'api Nishbati Veloya Darnabi. Hashem says, Look, I swore to apply Xera and Inish to the Dara Midbar. I will not revert because it was done in Api in all seriousness. So I'm not going back on it. <laughs> Even the Rabbi Yitzchak, what about Rabbi Yitzchak who came from the Pasuk of Nishbati Ba'kayema? Sorry, Colin Divilibai, which indicated that it's dependent upon the feelings in his heart, something that could be undone. No, maybe the Divilibai is simply coming to undo Shmuel's halach. The Omar Shmuel tells us, even if a person commits to something in his heart, it's not a commitment unless he articulates it verbally. So that's typically when it comes to committing to a Hegdish, that carries greater value. Has greater weight. Well, the pasuk is telling us, when you donate to the mishkan, even if it wasn't expressed, if he didn't, if he didn't express it, he didn't articulate it, that is a commitment. Again, nothing to do with ataras nadarim. What about the final thing? who came from the pasuk of nishbata v'kayema. Maybe it's coming to tell us something else. How do we know that one is meant to spur himself forward when it comes to mitzvahs? I swear I'm going to do that mitzvah. And he has to be Makayim that shvah. David Melech will do that also. Even though Hashem gave him mitzvahs, but 
you push yourself forward, you commit, you swear, you it's interesting, because typically, Ishvu or Nether can't be applied to a, something which is already a, a previous, something which has been committed to previously, like a mitzvah. So we're not speaking about a full-fledged Nether or Shvu, which carries all the liabilities of a Nether or Shvu, carbon, etc. We're speaking about a personal commitment, for which uh, if a person is over, he gets, he gets malchus. It's a new concept, a sort of a, a partial Shvu. Yeah, it works. As David HaMelech writes in Tehillim. So again, unrelated to Heter Nadar, the only one that can't be challenged is Shmuel's source. El of the Shmuel, Lesle Pircha, he was coming from the Pasuk Loyachal Devari, the one who expressed the Nadar, can't negate his words, but others can, such as a Chacham or a Bezdin. Amar Rava, some say it was Rav Nachman Yitzchak, Inchi. This fits with the common phrase. People say, Quality surpasses quantity. It's better to have one pilpalta sharp um, pepper seed, even just one. It's better than mimalid sanno de curry than basket a basket filled with curry with gourds. Good sharp pepper. Ah, it's quality that matters. So although Shmo was the youngest amongst all these amiraim. But his, his raya sustained all challenges. Hilchel Shabbos. Mishnah speaks about the various halachas of Shabbos and Chagigas and Meilis that are so um, numerous, they are like the mountains hanging on just one hair. Mikhtar Chsivan. Take a look at the Torah. You have so many psukhim discussing halachas of Shabbos. What do you mean there's just a little sourcing for all those halachas? It's Rikha says, apparently Mishnah is speaking about specific halachas which are not clearly written in the Torah. For instance, look at the Rav Abba. The Rav Abba. If one digs a pit on Shabbos, typically you may not do that if it's done in a, in a, in a you know an inhabited area, like in a home, it's considered bina, a form of building. But this fellow doesn't need a pit. He needs the dirt. He needs the content of that pit. He's excavating. He only needs the upper putter. There's no malachi, he's putter. So this is not clearly written in any psukim. Rather, it was handed down through the Torah Shabbat Peh. And that's why the Mishnah refers to it as Harar. There's so many halachis which are dependent and linked and sourced in just a few psukh. Now, why is he putter in this case? Keman Rabbi Shimon? Is Rabbi Abba following Rabbi Shimon the Amar Malacha She'ena Tzricha Lugufa Pater When one does a Malacha on Shabbos, which is not needed for its own sake. There's no purpose to the Malacha itself. He's just doing the Malacha as a means to achieve another goal. He's doing the pit to get the earth. It's Potter. That's Rabbi Shimon Shita. Rabbi Abba is in line with Rabbi Shimon. Is, is, that, is that what you have to say? Says more, no. I feel a tamer Rabbi Yudah. You know, this could be following even Rabbi Yudah's Shita, who holds that a malacha in a tzrich gufa is considered a malacha. Now, what's the classic example of a malacha in a tzrich gufa? Rashi brings the Mishnah Shabbat to Tzadik Gimel. He's carrying a mace out of the house. So he's doing a malacha, an absolute malacha. Mighty Mirushus Lirushus, carrying from one domain to the other, but does he need it? Is it Sricha Lagufa? Does he need the mace out in the street? No, he's trying to clear his house. It's just a means of clearing his house. It's a Malacha Sheena Tzricha, which is not needed Lagufa for its own sake. Rib Shimon says Potter. Rabida says Chayv. What about digging the pit when he's in need of offer? He's Potter. Is that because we're following Rib Shimon? 
a malacha that's not needed in order to achieve its own its own specific goals. Rather, it's just as a means for something else. He's pater. No, even Rabbi Yudu would agree in this case that he's pater. Why? Because there's a distinction to be drawn between digging the pit for the offer and carrying out the mita. You know why? How some masakno? When he's carrying out a mace, he's doing something positive. He's doing a malacha itself. He's not ruining anything. He's doing a proper mass of transporting an item from one rishas to the other. He's achieving something. Here, when it comes to the digging of that pit, that aspect of his masa is just a destruction. He's ruining the house. Makalkal is certainly putter. We're going to all shittas. Says the Gemara, okay, so you mean to say this is a halacha that was handed over by the Chachamim, but it is slightly sourced. It's hanging on a hair. We have some sort of indication in the psukim to this halacha. Where, where is that indication? Let's look for it. Where's the Ksas Remez, Rashi says. Ksas Remez in the Torah to teach us this halach. The Pasuk, in discussing the Malachas HaMishkan, uses the term Malachas Machshavas. And we learn from here that only a Malach which is meant to achieve its stated goal, which is needed for its own sake. There's pre-planning. There's Machshava. There's Kavana. There's purpose. That is considered a Malach as opposed to making a pit, not for its own sake, to achieve the stated goal of, 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 of a pit being formed. No. I'm just using it as a means to achieve a different objective, to get the offer, to get the material. That's not Malachas Machshavis. Well, Malachas Machshavis like Siva. Now, you'll say, well, it's an open Pasuk. No. This Lashon is not expressed in the, in the, in the Sugi, in the Parsha of Shabbos. It's discussed by the Mishkan. We connect Shabbos to the Mishkan because the Parshas by Vayakal, the Pasuk states them next to each other. But it's not a clear Lashen mentioned in Shabbos. It's only drawn from the Mishkan. And therefore it's called a Remez Ma'at. It's a, it's, a, it's a hint. Something to base the Halacha on, but it was handed down and taught primarily via Torah Shabbat. Chagigas is another example. A topic that has many details which are slightly sourced in the Torah. Mikhtav Ksivan, what do you mean? There are lots of psukim. We have a passage, we had psukim the other day. Back enough tests. What do you mean it's, it's just hinted in the passage? Apparently, when the mission says it's just hinted, we're addressing Rapapa's Kasha, who challenged the source, who questioned our source. So it's not so clear, it's not so simple. Let's see. asks Abai as follows. How do you know the high, the pasuk that says "Vicha goisim Oisim is referring to the obligation to bring a shalmei chagig, zvicha, bring a carbon? How do you know that chag is a carbon? Chag is a time to celebrate, time to dance in circles. Dilma chagu chaga, kam rachmana. Chag is a circle. Tosis brings a pasuk and tells him, "Yechagu v'yanuka shikar lashon mechilas circles, dancing in circles, time to." Time to celebrate, to dance, to sing. Chaygu chaga kama, make these circles and dance and celebrate on Yom Tov. Who's to say that you have to bring a carbon? Oh, so that's what the Mishnah meant. It's it's basara. It's slightly hinted in the pasuk, but it's not a clear pasuk. It was actually explained by the Chachamim in Teresh Asks the Gemara, really? 
Lashon Chag, Yechaygul, can be referring to circles and dancing. Hashem sends a message to Parah, let my people go. They will be Chayguli Bamidbar. So we understand the Pasuk is referring to Karbanis. Are you going to tell me it means circles? Dancing? Let them out so they can dance and celebrate? Yeah, maybe that's what he meant. Look at the next Pasuk. Pasuk says, a little bit later in the, in the, in the, in the parasha there, He tells Pari, look, you're going you're gonna to contribute to our experience. You're going to give us Shlomim and Oilis. Apparently, they're going to be engaged in bringing Karbanis. So, which was referring to this uh, this experience, this scene, entails Karbanis. So, you see, Chaygul is Karbanis. What do you mean? Dilmachi Kam Rachmana. Maybe when the Pasuk says, Yechaygul Yibamidbar, Pasuk's meant, Ichlu, Vishesu, Eat and drink your own foods. And dance in circles in front of me. And when the Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, told him about sending Zvachim Ba'ilais, maybe it means Zvachim, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, animals. You're going to shecht animals. Ailes is Ailes. But maybe Zvachim means personal animals. Not Karbanis. That's what Hashem was referring to. Go ahead and eat and drink and shecht. Your animals, not karban, shecht your own animals for your own consumption and, and dance and celebrate. You can't say that's a pshat. You cannot say that on Yantav there is no chiv to bring a chagig, karma chagig. The Pasuk says, don't allow the chilev portion of your chag to be left over till morning. You can't leave it overnight. You have to address it, bring it on the Mizbeach before dawn arrives. Now, if Loshan Chagi is referring to celebrating and dancing and singing, since when does that have uh, fat? <laughs> Meaning, that has to be brought on the Mizbeach up until morning is one related to Karbanis, not personal animals that you're shechting to celebrate. So, why would you have to uh, be concerned about leaving it at Baker? Okay, Vidilma, apparently, so apparently we're speaking about a carb. No, Vidilma, Chikam, Rachmana, maybe the Pasuk means like this. When you celebrate, when you dance and you sing, without a carb, Chagiga, well, maybe you'll bring your own Nadarim, Nadavis, your own donations, your commitments, not obligatory carbonates. And therefore, the Vatar is telling you like this. Chaylev habob is manchag. The Chaylev portion of carbonates that you may decide to bring when you are celebrating. Loyolan should not be left overnight. But the Torah is not telling you to bring a karma chagiga. If you happen to bring, you know, oilois uh, at that at that opportunity, so uh, make sure to take care of it in a timely manner. Well, that doesn't work because it sounds like the Torah is, is, is applying this restriction, this, this time limitation, only because it's a carbon brought on yamtiv, an oil brought during the time of celebration. If that's the case, you're going to tell me Habab is manachag, only the oil which is brought at the time of celebration, its fat cannot be left overnight. But an ordinary carbon oil, its fat can be left overnight. That's not true. The Pasuk says, you have to address the carbonus in a timely manner. It can burn and burn the entire night until morning. Make sure that it's done by that time. At least on the, it should be on the Mizbeach before morning. Don't leave it off the Mizbeach past morning. 
Yeah, because if it's on the Karbanas, there's no Lina. But the point is, a Pasuk, a universal Pasuk, applied to throughout the entire year, which applies this Halach. So you can't say that when the Torah says, Allah telling you, well, the chalev of an oil brought in a time of celebration should not be left overnight, which sounds like otherwise you have no problem leaving it overnight. And that's not true. We have a Mitzvah that say, burn it by morning. Says the Gemara. True, we have a Pasuk called Laila the Boykik yeah. But Dilma, Ima, who have Amina, if only from that Pasuk. We need another Pasuk, because only, if only from that Pasuk, that's not enough to teach us the Allah. Ahu, say. The Pasuk is just telling you, do what's right. It's just a say. That's why we need another Pasuk. Kasar Rahmana, Haila Lav. There is another Pasuk, to add a love to it. Not only are you going to be ignoring it, it's just a say, you're going to be Ibernis. So perhaps every oil has this limitation. The chalev must be addressed by morning. We have an assay, we have a lais assay. But there is no pasuk for chiv chagiga. You have to bring a new karma chagiga on yamtiv. Says the it's not necessary for the lav. That also wouldn't make wouldn't work. The lav, the pasuk v'layol is just trying to add a lav for for this general concept, not to leave fat overnight. Kasav Krach, we know we have another Pasuk for that. You can't leave things overnight. Any carbon element has to be addressed in a timely manner. Here's a lava ready. Maybe the Pasuk is trying to add another lava. All for the same halach. Address the carbon parts in a timely manner. Do it right and don't ignore it. One love and another love for the same thing. So ultimately, we don't have we don't have a mocker that there's a chiyah to bring chagig on yamtiv. Ella asya midba midbar. We can use exer shava, but the words midbar to prove that there is a din chagiga on yamtiv. Ksiv hacha v'yachaygaliba midbar. Hashem tells Parai, let let my people go so they can be chaygaliba midbar. Perhaps it means celebrate, sing and dance, make circles. No. We have another Pasuk. It's a Pasuk in Amos, in Nach. Did you bring me Karbanis in the Midbar? So the word Midbar is expressed near Zvachim and Mincha. And therefore we make that connection. Just as the word Midbar there relates to Karbanis, Afkan Zvachim here as well. How do you celebrate? Through Karbanis. Oh, so we see the Lashon V'yechaygu, Chag, Chagi, all these are related to Karbanais. And when the Pasuk says, V'chagoysem oise chag l'ashem, bring a carbon Chagiga on Yom Okay, so then it's a clear Pasuk. You don't get clearer than that. Umay karon atluim b'saros. Why is the Mishnah presented as something which just hang on a hair? It's pretty clear in the Pasuk that there is a Chiv Chagiga on Yom The answer is because after all, we are learning from a pasuk in Nach, and typically, divrei Torah, medivrei Kabbalah le'yalfinan. We generally don't learn halachis of, of Torah from halachis from psukim and, and wording that we find in Nach. Rashi says, Rashi elsewhere says, Torah is referring to the Chamisha Chamisha Torah, which are um, the source of the halachis that we're meant to do. Torah melashon hoyra. 
instruction, instructing us how to do the, the mitzvahs. And Nach is called Kabbalah because they were, they were um, visions and, and messages that were received by Nevi'im for, uh, for um, you know, uh, for the for, 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 for whatever was needed at that point, more of a, a temporary time-related uh, instructions. So that's called it's called Kabbalah. So the Torah from Kabbalah we don't generally learn, and here we're lear- learning a, a halacha and the Torah from Kabbalah. So it's not really considered a proper bona fide mocker. and that's what the mission refers to as hararim matluyim besara. What's next on the list? Milas. Milas have many halachis. It's hararim, but it's just slightly sourced in the pasuk. It's tluyim besara. It's not clear from the pesukim rather. We need to come on to the explanations and the chidushim handed down by the Torah Shabbat. What do you mean? We have many psukim discussing Me'ilah. What do you mean it's it's not properly grounded? Apparently, I'm speaking about a very specific halach. Certain halachis which are not readily, readily understood, not readily um, apparent. And it's only due to the uh, Kabbalah, the tradition, the Torah Shabbat, that we know them. Reuben is a balabais. He sends his uh, his butler, he sends his shliach to the marketplace with some money. Go buy me a rope. Unbeknownst to them, this money was money that belonged to Hegdish. And the shliach carried out his mission as per instruction. A rope? Sure, he bought him a rope. Who's held liable? Who's responsible? For me'ila, for diverting the Moes Hekdush, Balabai Ismail, the owner, the one who sent him out. So typically we don't hold the, the Mishaleach responsible for a chet done by a shliach. Right? We don't, we, who asked you to do Avera? I told you, but Hashem told you otherwise. You should listen to him. So usually the sender is not liable, but me'ila is different. If I send you to do, buy it, to purchase something with Moes Hekdush, I am responsible. I have to bring the carbon, the chaymish, etc. But that's only if you fulfilled your instructions, you followed instructions. But let's say the shliach did his own thing. So he wasn't really doing my my job. Shliach mal, he's held responsible. That's a mission, right? We have a kash. Why is this different than the entire elsewhere in the Torah where we never attribute the wrongdoing to the sender? You're an adult. You're a responsible adult. You're responsible for your own actions. Don't don't blame it on the sender. If the shliach fulfilled his shlichas, he followed instructions. He carried out his mission as per instructions. Why did the balabais get Mila? Where else do you find that Reuben could do an aver and Shimon gets the chet? So it's not readily understood. It's a chiddush presented by the Chachamim. Hainu karorin hatloim besara, and therefore we compare it to the mountains hanging from the hairs. Amarava, humai kushi. What's the problem? We have a gzera shava that teaches us this. Dilma shani mila. Perhaps mila is different than the rest of Torah. The alpha chet chet mitruma. We play gzera shava using the word chet from truma. Mahasim just like by truma we say shluch shlodim kamaisai. If you send somebody to do your truma, it's as though you're doing it. Pasuk says, "Came to Rimu Gamatem." Rashi says, "Lerabe Sluchacham." We learned the concept of shlichas from Truma. You can have somebody do shlichas for your Truma for you. Afkan here as well by Mila. Shluchas Shlom Kamoisei. 
when he sends Shimon to buy this thing with Moise Hedish. He's done it for you on your behalf. It's your doing. A special, uh, a special exception here. Which sets it aside, sets it apart from the rest of the Torah. It's properly sourced. Elama Rava, apparently the mission is speaking about another halacha. Apparently the concern here is regarding the next halacha. Look at this sign. Niskar Balabais. So the Balabais sent the Shliach on his way. Buy me something with Moise Hegdish. Midway, the Balabais, ooh, he says, how did I do that? Wasn't that moment from Hegdish? The Shliach didn't know any better. He's, he's still on the way to the marketplace. So at that point, basically the Balabais cancels the Shlichas. He cancels the mission in his heart. But it's canceled. He's no longer working for me. He's no longer doing it on my behalf. Who is held responsible? The Shliach. Shliach Mal. That's why she explains because he's no longer considered my shliach. I don't need, don't do me any favors. I don't, I don't want you to do it for me. Now the Tzitzachayshin asks Akasha, what do you mean? <laughs> I asked you to, I appointed you my shliach. Just because I changed my mind? How could it undo something which I verbalized? We know that there's a klal called Dvarim Shebalev Enam Dvarim. Words in one, one's heart don't carry much legal weight. That's only when it's arbitrary, when it's unsh- it's not clear. It's something you. You're deciding. But if it's something which is apparent to all, everybody knows that you don't want to send somebody to purchase things with moment of Hegdish. It's Nikar Lakarla. Here we say, even Dvarim Shibalev, emotions, sensations carry weight. And once the Balabais realizes his mistake, the Shlichas is up. So the Shliach is Ma'al. That's Allah. Now, isn't this a bit peculiar sounding? Shliach Anya Ovid, the poor Shliach. What did he do wrong? He's not at fault. He was sent on a mission. So it's not readily understood. It's not something which we would necessarily introduce on our own. It's something which was brought down by Masaira, Tereshabal Peh, Hainu Karorin, Hatloin Besara. That's why the mission applies this term. Amaravashi, I don't understand what the problem is. He's not at fault? Okay. Every meilah is b'shoigig, and you still bring the carbon. My kushi, what's the problem? Dilma midi, dahava, amoitzi moiz hegdish lechum. It's just like any person takes hegdish money and uses it for personal needs. Unbeknownst to him, it was moment of hegdish. He's now held responsible, taken to task. Chaimish carbon. What do you mean? Well, not a fault, mistakes, an accident. It's a shoigig. That's how meilah works. Why would the shliach be any different? There's nothing surprising about this halacha. It fits the mold. Apparently, we should speak about another case, which isn't readily understood. Look at this one. Notal, This place, fellow takes a stone, a beam, out of hegdish proper. At this point, he has not yet committed me'ilah. Interesting. Why not? We'll see in a minute. But if he hands it over to his friend, by doing so, he sort of extracts it from Hegdish proper. He gives it to somebody else. Changes hands. Humal. So the giver is Moel because he took it out of Hegdish proper. But the receiver didn't do Mila because by the time he got it, it lost its Hegdish status. It was taken out of Hegdish proper. So that's the mission. Let's analyze the mission closely. What was the first case? He took an Evan, he took a Kira. No Mila. If he gives it away, then there's Mila. What's the difference? 
Mechti. Let's analyze. Mishkal Shakl. In the first case, he took the beam. Malihu Malichaberu. What's the difference if he keeps it? In which case you say there's no Mila, and he gives it to his friend, there is Mila. He diverted Hegdish property. On this very case, the mission says, well, these are mountains hanging on here. But my Kushi, what's the problem? I'll explain it to you. As Shmuel said, we're speaking about a unique case. This is not an ordinary person. We're speaking about a caretaker. Hegdish is manager. Who has possession at all time? On Hegdish's building materials. We're speaking about this fellow has in his possession all the building materials at all times. So wherever the item is sitting, if it's in his possession, it's it's still it's it hasn't been taken out of Hegdish. Because even before he decided to use it, it was sitting in his house. It was sitting under his care. So what did he do? He didn't divert anything. He picked up and says, you know, I'm using it for myself. That's not called a shin of rishos. It's no different than what happened up until a minute ago. It was in his possession until now as well. There's no change of hands. So there's no meal. Thinking about using it for yourself, that doesn't make meal. That has to be a change of hands, a change of rishos. And there it wasn't. He was, is, and will be the manager of Hegdish. It stayed in the same the same rishos, same same uh, same hands all along. There's no meal. But in the next case, when he gave it to his next door neighbor, then it changed hands, and then there's Mila. So that's perfectly understood. It's not Harorim Hatluim Bissara. Elam is safe. The problem is with this next part of the Allah. Mission says, Bana Busaykh Baisa. He takes the, the beam and builds it into his home. There's no Mila yet. Unless he actually benefits directly from that beam, he sits underneath it and protects himself from the sun and the rain. He enjoys it. He enjoys it a pruta worth of, of enjoyment. Why do you need that? Michti, let's analyze this. Once he built it into his home, he certainly changed its status. It became from a, a brick uh, to a piece of his wall. Mali dar, mali laida. What's the difference whether he's actually using it, actually living in it or not? That's why we apply this phrase. It's not really understood. My kushi, what do you mean? What's the problem? Perhaps as Rav explained, this fellow had a skylight. And he put the beam on the skylight to block, block the sun. He didn't really change its form. He didn't redesign it. He didn't implant it permanently into his home. Which was a temporary cover. So that in itself would not constitute me'ila. Right? That was speaking about the, um, I assume we're speaking about the Gizber, right? So, the fact that it's still in his home, like we said before, that's not considered Shinarishos. It's only when he actually enjoys it, when he changes it, when he transforms it, when he puts it into his house and it, it becomes part of it, it gets incorporated into the structure. But here he put it on that ruba, it's loosely fitting on the top of the skylight. So the actual placement is not considered, not constituted a change. Oh, Idarbe, oh. If he actually lived underneath it, he sat underneath it and he enjoyed it, he did meilah. But otherwise, if he didn't actually live underneath it, he didn't enjoy it, he didn't divert it, and there's no meilah. 
So it's very posh, nothing surprising. Says the Gemara, Elo Elam Kedarav. So the Mishnah used the term Harare Matlim Besar, denoting there's something unusual about these halachas. Let's go back to Rav's case, the Balbais with the Shlech. So Ruben the Balbais gave the Shlech $100, go buy a rope. Unbeknownst to both of them, this was Moe's Hegdish. Midway, Reuven remembers it's Hegdish. In his heart, he cancels the shlichus. Who is held responsible? The shliach. What do you mean? Where's the fairness? Poor shliach. Why is he held accountable? The answer was, nothing surprising. Look at Kashlach. He had a kasha. What's the problem? Who's at fault? It's a mistake. Any fellow who spends Hegdish money, no balabais, no shlech, typical meal. He takes money in his house, it happens to be Hegdish money. He didn't realize he uses it for chulun. He gets meal. What do you mean? He's at fault? Uh, is it on the uh, maze? No. But he's still held accountable. That's why meal works. Why is the shlech any different? Why is the halach of shlech more surprising? Yes, there is a big difference. You know why? Typically, a person knows the Iko Zuzi the Hegdish. He knows his Hegdish money sitting somewhere in his home. He should have paid attention. He should have focused on what he was doing. Be mindful of what money you're taking. So, although it wasn't amazing, it wasn't deliberate, but some element of negligence there. So, he's Chayv Mila. You can understand that. It makes sense. But in the case of the Shliach, what does he know about money of his Balabayas? He has no idea which funds he's giving him. In this case of the Shliach, How's he meant to know? And the fact that we hold him accountable is a chiddush. And therefore the Mishnah applies the term Hainu Kaharorin Hatluim Basar. Okay, so bottom line is we had a Mishnah which gave us several uh, categories of, of, of topics in Torah. Some are Perchem Ba'avr, like Heter Nadorim. Some are more grounded, like Hachashabas, Chagigos, and And some are very much uh, detailed in the Torah, like Dinin, Avoides, Tyrus, and Tmeis. The Gemara disagreed with the Mishnah. We actually found Mekaris and the Chumash for Hatanadorim. We were left with the last one, Shmuel's. Apparently, our Mishnah didn't hold of that as a proper mocker. It's only a Remez Muat. Mefarshim say because it's not a clear Pasuk, it's just a Diak in the Pasuk. And that's what the Mishnah chose to describe these halachas as Parchem Ba'avir Ve'enlan Amashi Yismech. We have Hilcha Shabbos, Chagigan Mi'ilah. Why are they uh, considered Harorah Matlum Bisara? Because there are many halachas which are not articulated in the Psukim. For instance, the union of Makalkal and Shabbos being Potter, that Chagoysim Oysa Chagal Hashem means a carbon, and that a Shliach who was abandoned by his Mishaleach is responsible, is liable for the Me'ilah that um, resulted from his actions. Hatzlacha Rabbi and all the best.